What's up, fam, and welcome to a special episode of the Most Normal Gamers podcast. Today, James and I caught up with the composer for the Cuphead show, which drops on Netflix this upcoming Friday, February 18th. Uh, his name is Ego Plum, and we're going to join the interview right at the beginning. Ego is a very energetic dude and fun to talk to. He just starts right off after we exchange some pleasantries about the weather, just starts right off talking about the show and his experience with it. So we hope you enjoy it. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, hit us up at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter or podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. You can also send us a text or a voicemail to 507-291-2991. I am at Johnny Sampsonite on Twitter if you want to follow me, and James is at ButtLordPrimus. So with that, we will join the interview, and we hope you enjoy. No, no, I'm going to be working on Cuphead, believe it or not. Like, I, <laughs> we have so much work to do. Like, I'm working on episodes for the third drop right now. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's just, it's never ending. It just goes on and on. On and on, yeah. That's all I do, honestly. You know what, you know what happened to me? I started dreaming in Cuphead. Like, my dream was uh, animated uh, for two, two days in a row. I was in Inkwell Isle or wherever the hell it was. It was just, I was in the show. Incredible. I mean, that is I a, can't imagine that, that would a be a nightmare or a dream. <laughs> right. It's yeah, just that's... because I, that's all I do. I just sit here and I'm writing and watching everything over and over. This happened yeah. to me when I was a kid, when I was like obsessed with Tetris or something where you'd fall asleep and you close your eyes and the pieces would keep falling and you're turning them and, it's still yep. stacking up and like, then you put the L the wrong way and now it's stacking this way, but it's just in your mind. Wow. It's like a mania. Stressful dreams. Does yeah, that happen yeah, with yeah, like gamers a- now? Like, cause I'm not like a full fledged gamer like you guys, but like, do you obsess over games to the point where like, you're just seeing the action at other times? A hundred percent. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I get that. Like I've been uh, playing some games with my, my buddies at night. We'll play like yeah. these, uh, these, multiplayer games and as soon as i go to bed my eyes are closed yep. i hear the game pl- playing in my head and i'll just see flashes of it and it's like oh my God. <laughs> trying to sleep here yeah exactly and i was telling <laughs> okay, james so i'm not alone no no before you hopped on i'm playing this like card game that's a digital card game obviously and it's got a lot of other like fourth wall breaking stuff and weird things going on and yeah. Same thing. Like you can, you think about it, it finds its way into your dream in one way, shape or form. Right. So, yeah. You know, I envy oh. you gamer guys. I, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was one because I love the idea of just sort of letting yourself get lost in the moment of a game and just sort of being completely absorbed. Like I hardly get to do that. I, you know, it happens with movies sometimes, but even with that, I, the way my brain is wired, like my just, I get distracted and I'm somewhere else. Like, yeah, like I want to get lost, and I I see games as like the final art form, you know. But I just don't do anything. I have a, I got a switch during the pandemic as like the only way to sort of survive, Smart. and all I did was do Animal Crossing and Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> By I the way, did you, you, get a, you ever get a title for that Goose Game? Nope, <laughs> no. Nope. I think it's just that. Untitled. Yeah. Did that you one? ever finish it? Did you ever no. finish it? I didn't have the patience to finish that game. I don't oh. think I made it past the first level of that game. I did it. I did it in one set sitting. I did, and my buddy brought it over. They did you passed, really? he, he passed out on the couch and I just played the game because he had it. And yeah, it was about two yeah. hours long. I just messed around. I can't even pass like the first level of a cuphead. You know, it's like that's even too hard for me. Well, that's I hard. <laughs> I got to yeah. say this, you guys. 
I did finish Cuphead. Oh, I beat the game. So, what? yeah. See, I'm excited kind of for the deal. TV show because it's going <laughs> to yeah. be the first Cuphead content I'll be able to finish. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I have a question for you guys. Yep. What is the best adaptation of a game to a, a movie or series? Ooh. You got an answer, Gene? I'm, I, and this yeah. isn't just, I'm not just trying to pander here. I'm honestly saying I, I'm expecting Cuphead to probably be that. Because I'm gonna have, I I did see the Uncharted preview, and I think that movie looks pretty sweet. Yeah, have you yeah. seen that, Ego? The Uncharted no, movie? No, I haven't. With, uh, who's Matthew, uh, or Matt uh, Wahlberger? Wahlberg? Mark? We went to Wahlbergers the other night. I can't stop. Mark Wahlberg? Wahlberg? Mark yes. Wahlberg. There you go. Marky Mark. <laughs> Marky and then Mark. the Spider-Man dude. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that looks pretty good. But other than that, Mortal Kombat probably, the most recent one. Okay. Would probably be the best trend. Like, and then, but they're making Halo. They're making a Halo movie. You got The Witcher. A lot of people love The Witcher. I uh, I yeah, The Witcher was good, but I think that's based more on the books, from what my understanding. But for me, yeah, I would say sure. Castlevania. I absolutely love that series. Warren Ellis wrote it, um, and I read a lot of his comics. And then. Yeah. Uh, Who's the, the producer was the um, shoot? I can't think of his name, but I really like the producer as well. He does like a, a bootleg series of like he'll always make these uh, uh, based on IPs that he does not own or have the right to make movies. So he makes all these <laughs> free to the internet. Um, oh, that's awesome! Content. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, he's it's great. Um, but yeah, the Castlevania follows like my favorite like kind of storylines oh, yeah, throughout yeah. throughout it and the animation was just top notch right so, 100% that would be my... I forgot about that Castlevania would an arcane count as a game oh, movie yeah Dude, a series yeah. right yes I love that my wife and yeah. I both just like could not stop watching that we can't wait for the next season man yeah, that, yeah. I've never had my gut torn out of me as much in <laughs> oh, a video game I'm only like on episode 6 like, I got like 2 more or 3 more Oh man, it's yeah, it's rough, else. it's intense. But, yeah, I don't think you'll ever beat the heart sinking feeling I had after that third episode though of Arcane. I was just yeah, yeah, I yeah. Couldn't sleep that night, man. It was something else. But um, see, I don't, Eagle, I don't know League of Legends. So how like I don't am I, what am I missing out on by not having not ever played League of Legends? Not much. You got me. Really? We don't play. I, it, I don't think <laughs> I got a buddy that plays it all the time, and he's like. Yeah. I I I want to play it now that I know something about the world, but uh, I I played it years yeah. ago. But I mean, it's, it's like you barely get any lore or character. You're just like okay. it's essentially just a a game where you just battle each other, right? So like, there's no you don't really have like anything beyond like the personality of the characters that might talk Got every it. once in a while. But like, yeah, there there's no cutscenes or interactions or anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. In a similar oh. sense, like Cuphead, you know, I don't think the characters ever spoke in the game. It was just essentially, you know, you see them sideways going like this with their fingers. So you know, the team yeah. had to essentially create these personalities yeah. for Cuphead and Bugman to figure out what is that dynamic? Like, who, who's in charge? Like, is Cuphead more, you know, charismatic? Is he the leader? Is the other one more timid? And that's sort of what they went with, right? That sort of, a, like, these brothers who are, I don't know, one's, like, always more eager to yeah. just like dive in the other one's like wait a minute let's think about this and it's fun how that worked out you know and my job as a composer was to sort of like okay how do we make these personalities work musically too you know every character sort of has a 
its own tone. It's pretty interesting because Chris Madigan did such an amazing job with the music for the game. Like the bar is up here, you know, like, so how do I compete with that? You don't really. And what happened is we kind of ended up realizing we have to make this exist in parallel, like a parallel universe to the game. And the music serves a different purpose in our version. You know, it's like, it's driving these stories. The music, I can't write these like elaborate big jazz pieces. They have to sort of end abruptly if all of a sudden somebody starts crying or something bad happens and now they're just tiptoeing this way. So the music goes a certain way, then it stops and it turns and it just turns. It's like basically like putty. The music has to become like this thing that does all these strange, you know, uh, bobbing and weaving. Uh, so if you hear it on its own, it's fun, but it's not like sitting back and putting on like a, a Duke Ellington piece of music, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, You can definitely pick out your punk influence, I think, on that one of the tracks that was sent to us um, via the Dropbox that Andrew had sent to us. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Your, Thanks your for saying that. You, know, you can feel in there for sure. And uh, I, I was wondering who I saw your uh-huh. uh, on your bio. Green Jelly, man. I got to give a shout out to that because I can the three little pigs from back in the day when I was shit, man. I think I was like <laughs> 12 or 13 years old and me and my buddy used to sit in his room and just jam out to that Green Jelly album all the time. That's so funny. So that that tugged at my heartstrings right there. And then punk rock. I'm, I'm more of a pump, pop punker. So I, sure. I like uh, like something corporate and yellow card yeah. and blink 182 and that kind of stuff what kind of i saw you were a drummer what kind of uh punk bands were you well, like into or style first of all um i just want to mention green jello like i toured with that band and i essentially grew up with them too they were a little a hair before my time but they were doing yeah. tours in recent years and i sort of played guitar went all over okay. like half the country with them and that was a lot of fun and it was like touring is is a as a musician, it's like, God, I wish everyone could just do it once. You know, you haven't lived until you showered in a moving bus. <laughs> you know, that is amazing. You know, like waking up in different cities and walking out and, and asking people like, what time zone is this? Like not knowing. <laughs> it's yeah. phenomenal. You know, where you are. Um, yeah. When I say the punk, what I mostly mean by punk rock influence is that there's something beyond the music, which is sort of the sort of the DIY, the do it yourself. Uh, aesthetic that sense of you know what we don't know what we're doing but we're going to do it anyway that's the spirit mm-hmm. of punk rock that i'm referring sure. to right and even the newer bands they have that too it's um it's and i say that that i make like punk jazz because the truth is i didn't go to music school you know i have no musical education uh i really fly by the seat of my pants and in some ways i feel like i pulled the wool over the eyes of netflix and getting them to hire me to do this job <laughs> you know uh, one of the things I'm good at is sort of convincing people that I could do things that I don't even know if I could do. So that's essentially what I did. I had never done anything jazz before, but I got the job. Um, I did this audition. I, the first thing I wrote was the devil song, uh, which is in the first episode, the introduction of mm-hmm. that character. And um, Dave Wasson, the, the showrunner, he had his lyrics. He said, Hey, you know, we worked together before. He goes, you want to give this a, sh- a shot? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Did it, turned it in, and I'm sure it went up and down the ranks of Netflix and everybody, and, you know, I got lucky, and they loved it, so I became the composer. Now, nice. I've never done jazz. I'm a fan of jazz, like, just by the fact that, like, there's certain things I love, like uh, Looney Tunes, the music that Carl Stalling yeah. did on there, like, referenced a lot of jazz. He referenced a composer named Raymond Scott, which is one of my favorites. Yes. Um, 
he did this sort of like quirky cartoony jazz in the 30s which has been a big influence for me uh, but again it's nothing i've ever studied formally i don't know how to read or write music but you know i know how to enjoy music and i know how to absorb it and sort of let it come out in its own weird filter um so yeah that's that's what i mean by sort of punk rock that's the punk attitude towards making music like flying by the seat of your pants taking risks you know hiring people that you know, I, I work with musicians on this that aren't even jazz guys too, but you know, we all sort of solve this together and try to do interesting things. And I think I really like when studios take risks on people, like for instance, Trent Reznor getting hired by Pixar to do a cartoon, a kid's show, yeah. uh, Soul. Like that's amazing. Like this industrial scary goth dude doing a <laughs> yeah. cartoon is fantastic to me. For you sure. know, I like that sort of risk taking and I'm sort of grateful that Netflix did something like that and sort of brought me on board to do this. I yeah. think it, I think I hope people will like it. You know, maybe it'll polarize some purists because I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not as reverent to sort of the, the jazz of that era, Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway. I'm just sort of, you know, being a little crazier with it. But I'm hoping that it works, you know. But having played a ton of the game and just they only or they sent us like three tracks that you'd worked on. Yeah. Um, I got to say, man, the chaotic nature of it definitely fits along <laughs> with um it's a, it's a, it's like a chaotic uniform, uniformity, you know what I mean? Like there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, music and it has a uniform nature, like music should. Or, does, yeah, just some organized chaos that, there. Yes, a hundred percent, and that totally fits with exactly what the gameplay was like, and I can imagine what the show is going to be like. And I also saw that, saw that the show is like in shorter episodes, like twelve, 12 minute minutes, episodes. Yeah, yeah I got a sure. feeling that's going to be like. Like the game, you could only handle that amount of time. It's like arcane. You're like, you just took this out of me. I I need a break from this for like a minute. Right. And I feel that kind of energy coming through for sure. Totally. I think so, I work better in these short spurts, right? Like I have a yeah. short attention span. You know, there's sort yeah. of a bit of an ADHD quality to the way I write, compose. I like short, frenetic, high energy, stop and go little arrangements. So 11 minutes, 12 minutes is like perfect before I go completely nuts. <laughs> You know, yeah. the problem is you I do these on. over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it's been, yeah. I've been working on this show for four years. Holy Oh, cow. crazy, man. I mean, I started four years ago and then, you know, we had a little hiccup called a, a global pandemic and no. sort of completely derailed the entire production. Yeah. Everything just got turned on its head and yeah. uh, had to just change the way we work. You know, I thought initially I'm going to be in a room with all these players, microphone in the center, hanging in the room, black and white photos, everyone in suits. None of that happened, of course. Yeah, everything's sort of done on Zoom. We're like recording guys around the country. Um, well, that's sort of the blessing too. I got to find musicians like all over the world. Uh, some great players in the East Coast, LA. You know, so we did it. It was difficult because I sort of had to create the illusion of this like old timey recording, but everything was done separately. You know, I'd get a horn part, a trumpet part from you know this guy over here, uh, woodwinds from over here, drum parts from over here, and then I'd have to combine them in the studio. And see, how do we make this sound like it is like a band that's playing in a room? You know, and that's sort of the studio trickery and the magic of Hollywood, I suppose, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think yeah. it's your ability to adapt in that crappy situation, you know, that a lot totally. of people have had to do uh, yeah, for sure. over this time. I don't know yeah. how, I just the idea of trying to do that with the style of music. And like you said, not being formally trained in music, having to get all these like this you do the saxophone part and you do the trumpet part and I got, yeah, yeah. Here and then we're going to play this wicked, uh, 
short stint of chaotic uniformity, like I said yeah. earlier, and then I'm going to throw it all together. I, right. That's that's insane, man. Power to you for doing that because I don't Thank know you, man. how you can possibly imagine. It was really hard. And then, you know, we have a tight turnaround a lot of times. So getting all that done, I write the stuff myself and then I have like charts made. And then these charts have to go to the musicians. They rehearse and then record. They send it back. This has to be mixed. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a lot of steps. It's like a whole pipeline of stuff. It's not yeah. just like me just sitting in a room writing music. Like I have to have different people doing different aspects of this to make it all work. You know, so I, it's like, found it's, the... go ahead. I was just going to say, how have you found the collaboration to be with other artists um, in in finding those musical parts and getting feedback? Because you, like you said, during a pandemic, you can't just be like, "Hey, let's all go meet up in this recording studio I know. and we'll spend the day like throwing stuff together." Right, right. You know, there wasn't much in terms of like improvisation initially. I thought like we could sit and just sort of explore ideas, but it didn't work that way. Like, there's not enough time. I, you know, every time you hear a solo, it's actually all composed. It's like every note of, of a, a crazy sax solo is like written. Um, it had to be done that way. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about musicians and a lot of times you hear guys say like, well, you know, I have to wait for inspiration or my muse and it's all kind of mystical and magical. And the truth is it's nothing like that. Like if I have something due on Friday at 5 p.m., like, I'm going to start fucking working this moment right now. Like, as soon as my hands touch the keyboards, I'm writing music. There's no waiting yeah. for any inspiration. Like, the inspiration is this deadline and me not getting canned from my job, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. motivation like, right there. Absolutely. So, how so yeah, it's, that's basically how, how it's, it's been. It's like, we, I sit, I work. It's like a regular job, essentially. But that doesn't mean I don't put a lot of care and creativity into the work. It just means that it's not it's not this sort of a romanticized version of being a, a artist or composer. It's just sure. How yeah. much of the game like is it, do you listen to a lot of the games music when you were working on this? Like, did you listen to the games music? I know you referenced uh, uh, Raymond Scott. I know he did like a, a, that's a name that jumped out to me like immediately when I listened to the stuff because like even like I I know him from looney tunes and stuff the powerhouse theme being yeah. like the factory um yeah. theme in so many cartoons so it's like when i was listening to the trailer for cuphead mm -hmm. i heard like just like that those some of those beats that the same same sort of tone that would have it but it has its own twist to it so i yeah. don't know how much how much inspiration do you get from other composers and as well as like the video game the actual video game sure that's that's a great question so I remember at first I, I felt like I don't deserve to hear the rest of this music until I could pass these levels. But then I realized this is impossible. I'm never going to get past <laughs> the first boss and I'm never going to hear what Chris did. So I gave up <laughs> playing the game and I got the record and I just listened and enjoyed it. And then went on YouTube and, you know, one of the, my, one of my favorite things that Chris did is that he basically introduced this style of music to a bunch of like young gamer kids that would have never heard this stuff, right? Now, if you go on YouTube and you put like find a song like Botanic Panic that he did, like some of the comments are like, what is this music? What do you call this genre? Like, I imagine young people like confused. Like, why <laughs> not? I've never heard music like this. And that's wonderful. That is like, he's doing the Lord's work for yeah. us. So <laughs> I, I love Chris for that. Now, as far as influence, like I tried not to copy Chris. What I wanted to do was sort of go to the same well that he did to find 
inspiration. And also, like, our purposes are different. Like, he's our, our game, I mean, our, our show is, is serving a different purpose than the game, right? So I'm telling, we're helping tell these stories. I need to approach music differently than he did. Um, so my influences were different. I, I went to different sources. Raymond Scott, you know, the powerhouse guy, he wrote this kind of jazz that was just so weird and quirky and odd. Uh, he wasn't writing for cartoons, but he was essentially making cartoon music for non-existent cartoons. It was the it was the brilliance of Carl Stalling at Warner Brothers, the musical director, that said, I'm going to take Raymond Scott's music and put it in hundreds of Looney Tunes, and it just worked perfectly. It defined the sound of cartoons, right? So uh, Raymond Scott, number one influence. Uh, another guy, uh, Leroy Shield, who did, um, you know, like... Um, a little rascals, our gang, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, like that music, so playful and odd and, and just whimsical. Um, that has been a big influence. And uh, again, punk rock, not specifically any band, but just even if you go like to the American hardcore bands like Black Flag, I, I, I put on those records and I'm like, there's this raw energy and power to this stuff. That doesn't come in any other music. How do you apply that to jazz? How do you do that? I remember I was working on Cuphead one night, and I was going to a show that night. I went to see this band called, um, what the hell did I go see? Uh, I went to go see Guar and and, um, Napalm Death, this grindcore band. Oh, okay. And it was like, I left scoring this jazz stuff for Cuphead, went to do that, and then came back and kept working. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, I'm wondering if there's going to be any Napalm Death influence in this. <laughs> Maybe subconsciously it happened. But, you know, there's something you get from these experiences of watching a live band like that where you see oh, for uh, sure. execution of, of, of music and melodies and, and just the energy. And that's sort of what I try to pull from. Like, it's important for me to sort of have diverse influences, right? Like, I truly think you're only, your work is only as good as, like, your influences, Right. So if I only listen to just like John Williams, like I don't think I'd be doing anything that good, you know, but the yeah. fact that, you know, I'll I'll go see Napalm Death and and listen to the Dead Kennedys, but also Raymond Scott and, you know, Black Flag or anything else. Like, I think it makes the work just that much more interesting, hopefully. That's 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 fascinating. That's it reminds me a lot of like what Frank Zappa would do, too. Right. Like you blend things that are yeah. unrelated constantly to create right. incredible tracks and and that's what he wanted to do he just wanted to play with music so that's so cool right. that you're taking the the punk rock mentality of just throwing shit together and making it uh making it its own thing like it, it evolves right right thanks for saying sources. that man no i appreciate that you know and it's, it's a tough thing because it's like how true am i supposed to be to you know jazz and what everyone has known Cuphead for you know that's a that's yeah. a big question and I think Chris does that wonderfully like he's a lot more truer than I am to 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 that kind of music um, well, the, and I have the heart of jazz is like the evolution of it too right like because if you that's look true. at like uh, you know like you said Duke Ellington to I don't mm. I always like Dave Brubeck like every other college yeah. kid that took history of jazz and uh, yeah then like just the evolution of it and how it changes like that. I feel like, you know, me as a non-musician, I'm not here trying to tell you what jazz is, but just like the way I've always seen it is like the evolution of it is the absence of it or trying to inject other uh, influences into it to make it your own thing. And that's, I can't wait to see it in line with the show, man. 
Thanks. By the way, I mean, I'd rather talk to non-musicians about music than to musicians, frankly. You know, it's like music ultimately for me is just what does it make you feel? You know, I don't like yeah. being academic about anything I do. I can't because I don't know music theory. I don't know how to read or write music. I just know what it makes me feel. Yeah. I know that that punk rock drives me to action. It makes me want to get punched in the face or punch someone in the face or dance. Or do both. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, you know and that's that's more important than what's actually technically what's happening in music it's what is it doing and that's maybe why i'm a composer right because i understand music takes a certain role in telling stories and that's what it does in animation and films and theater and all that stuff sure well james you got any other questions we gotta you want to ask oh boy uh i guess yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I touched on a lot of the stuff that I was <laughs> I was mostly curious about. That was cool. That's great. Incredible. I did see in your bio yeah. that you had uh, you're working on a couple of projects with the Elfman Brothers, which I think everybody would be excited to hear about. That's got to be a, a yeah. pretty overwhelming experience, I would imagine. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, I just finished a film that uh, Richard Elfman directed. That's Danny Elfman's brother. Yeah, called yeah. Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks, and uh, Danny did. Uh, I don't know, 30% of the music, and I did the other 70%, uh, nice. which is uh, amazing, right? Like, he wrote the stuff, the first tracks, and then they got sent to me. And I was so overwhelmed at the idea of having to sort of write uh, a score following his tracks. It was like, this is too much for me, right? <laughs> this is one of the greatest living composers on the planet, in my mind. Yeah, and sure. one of yeah. the biggest inspirations for me. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, honestly, like I was telling someone recently that like, in a way, like I'm more influenced by like Danny Alvin's version of, of Cab Calloway by way of Oogie Boogie than mm-hmm. Cab Calloway. You know, like I, I, the Oogie Boogie song is more of an influence on me and Cuphead um, than, than actually Cab, than actual Cab Calloway music, you know, and thankfully, you know, um, you know, the good thing about, uh, uh, knowing Danny this much, you know, I don't want to say he's a friend, but you know, I could send him an email if I have a question and I was looking for uh, guitarists that could do like Django Reinhardt style playing. And like, I'm like, Hey Danny, is there anyone that could do this in town? And he's like, uh, this guy, Stan Aroff, who used to be in the mystic Knights of Wango Boingo. So I write Stan and now he's on the Cuphead score, which is great. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Cool. So thankful uh, to Danny for that. But yeah, anyway, aliens, clowns and geeks, that's going to come out, I think later this year. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah. Keep your eyes open for that. It's yeah, kind of like a cartoon will. in a lot of ways, too, because I call myself a cartoon composer. And even though I'll do a film, it has to be sort of wired like a cartoon for it to work for me, because I'm just I'm just so comfortable in this sort of absurdist, surrealist kind of musical world. It's just it works for me, you know? Yeah, I hear you, man. I remember coming home from school when I was like in third grade and watching Looney Tunes from like 5 to 7 p.m. And I always yeah. love the music. So I I. I know exactly. What I'm with saying. you, man. I would. I got the soundtrack when it was finally released. Uh, I had the cassette, and I would do my homework listening to Looney Tunes music. It was so ridiculous. Like, yeah. When you hear yeah. that out of context, it's the weirdest music you'll ever heard. It is like Frank Zappa. You know, it's just yeah, so bonkers. It it's is music bonkers. for music's sake, almost. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's so weird, and that was, of course, a huge influence for me. So, uh, I love that. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Ego. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you both. Sorry I'm so glad to talk about it. I'm glad anyone will listen to me uh, talking about this. <laughs> in four years of me just sitting quietly yeah. in my room. Writing That's the other thing. 
we didn't talk about it. it so it came out parallel kind of with the game then, right? Because the game came out in 2017, was it? Is, yeah, is 2017 that... was Cuphead's release date. So Yeah. Yeah. So they must you, have started wow. development at, shortly thereafter, which is... I guess you're right. Crazy. I didn't think yeah. about that. It just felt like it always existed in a way. That's the beauty <laughs> of Cuphead, the, the game and the show, is that it almost feels like a show that always should have been. You yeah. know, like it should have been a, a show yeah. in the thirties and now they made a game about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's sort of and the fact uh, that it's playable is just remarkable to me. I, when I, I just remember first playing it, just being like, I can't believe I'm actually playing this. this yeah, it's this... like you, you were saying with the Looney Tunes, like it's like being able to play the coyote chasing after the road runner, you know? Right. I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's, well, so there's a charm in the hand-drawn art style too, right? And then yeah. that fake yeah. fake film grain. Like now yes. we're going to be watching a show that's referencing a game that's referencing a 1930s cartoon that doesn't exist. It's nuts, right? <laughs> yeah. Is there any other games like that? Is there anything else? I remember growing up, like I love Dragon's Lair and, and uh, Space Ace. Remember those games? Sure. It was yes. Like, ha- yeah. It was like hand-drawn animation, but it was just like... A bunch of cutscenes, basically. Uh, so you, yeah. you select the path you want to take yeah. and find out right, what right. happens, right? And it shows yeah. another piece of the cartoon. Has anyone done are... this, this way? I can't think of anything that's done even close to Cuphead, hmm. like with the hand-drawn animation okay. to that level. Yeah. They've yeah. definitely there's definitely been games that help, help t- take a hand drawn characteristic or an animation style that's but like Cuphead absorbed it like it, it became yeah. part of it right like they went from the film grain to the music to the art style like that uh, old the Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie sort of like like everything is moving and dancing to the beat mm-hmm. just like the old cartoons used to do and like yeah. they just completely absorbed that sort of style and aesthetic and they just it breathed it back like a new life into that thing that yeah most kids like you're saying kids that are yeah. be playing and st- watching streams have no idea because they've been born in the 2000s and right. never grew up with like i didn't even grow up with that i grew i was born in the like late 80s and grew up yeah. in the 90s but i had vhs tapes that just had hours and hours of cartoons like that on it so right, I right. would watch that those like everything from old Superman cartoons to like uh, the really old Bugs Bunny and and Disney cartoons on those. So yeah, yeah, I love that. No, I could relate. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Well, again, thanks, Ego. I really appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the for your time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, everyone check out check out Cuphead uh, February eighteenth. Yeah, streaming on Netflix. We'll for sure be there, man. Excellent. Thanks, Ego. Take care, man.